Eanes is proud to present the WHS Healthy Shab Speaker Series. This week, Anjali Mazel from AngEDU.com, A-N-J-E-D-U.com, shares life purpose, a key to living well-being, academic success, and college admissions. Today, um, <clears throat> this is a, a topic that's really important to me, and I hope that you um, have already been aware a little bit about it or are discovering it, and it will become important to you, too. After as a Princeton University interviewer and teacher, I'm now an independent college counselor, uh, educational consultant, and founder of test prep and tutoring company. I guide students from around the world uh, in planning their future, uh, choosing their major, envisioning their careers, and taking all the strategic steps they're going to need to um, be able to attend the best fit colleges for them. My mission is really to empower parents and um, students of all socioeconomic backgrounds uh, with the most relevant information about the 21st century careers and job skills, uh, the importance of life purpose in making these decisions, and how to prioritize well-being and long-term success, both personal and academic. I believe very strongly that it's up to us as counselors and as parents to frame the college planning and admissions process in the most constructive way possible. Because it can either be, um, as you all probably already know, uh, a, a um, short-sighted and exhausting ordeal, this whole college thing, or it can be an enriching journey of self-discovery. So what my uh, plan today is to explore with you how um, we can uh, help these teens to embark on the journey with a real sense of adventure. This, um, this, this question is something that is very central to the way I look at working with teens and their families. Um, how, in what way we can enhance well-being, academic success, and college admissions. I don't believe that these are contradictory. I believe that um, there is a way to be organic and in supporting the kids and also having them achieve their potential. So um, the way this conversation um, has kind of come into my life a second time is that I became aware of um, the most popular course in Yale's 316-year history. It's called Psychology and the Good Life, okay? Um, this is a course, now it's also available for free, by the way, on Coursera now. Um, it is a, a, a class that explores how to live a better life and build a better world, how to become happier, and choose a meaningful career, um, how to protect the environment, promote charitable giving, inspire healthier lifestyles, and um, it's not only theoretical, it's also giving strategies for the students to do this. Now, why is this course so popular? And is it only Yale? Um, they had to hire additional staff when they first um, made this, this course available. It was so, it was like, I think it was like a, a quarter of the uh, enrollment of the university ended up signing up for this, okay? I found that fascinating. And I also found fascinating 
that, um, you know, that the, the well-being, this is some of what was covered in the course. It's an example. But like how to focus on students' strengths um, and that if you use your four top strengths daily, you'll likely flourish and think of your work as a calling. So to start asking ourselves, you know, what are our strengths and to start looking at our kids and identifying what are their strengths. Um, now, the combination of strengths, <clears throat> experiences, uh, valuing our experiences, savoring what we are experiencing, uh, and, and feeling a sense of gratitude and blessing, a sense of accomplishment as opposed to a sense of lack in our lives. These are things that can make a huge difference in our well-being. So this was in the Yale course. Now, uh, it's not just Yale. If you look at the other colleges, there's now a slew of colleges that have um, instituted this kind of thing. Um, these ones that I've listed are just kind of tip of the iceberg. Uh, and what, what are they called? Tools for a Meaningful Life, Life 101, The Science of Happiness, Well-Being for Life, Designing Your Life. So the question, you know, when I started reading about these, I asked myself, why is it, you know, that, that uh, these are, courses are so popular? So tell me what you, how, what you think of this. A lot of this, a lot of what the teens are going through and what we're going through as parents is really hard. Um, there is a lot of stress. So what I want to I want to look at here is there's another aspect of this that goes even deeper than than um, than the day-to-day -day stresses. There is a system that we're part of, and that system. It's a very interesting article that I included in my handouts. Um, in the Atlantic about um, the pitfalls of meritocracy and how, you know, life becomes an endless competition, right? More is better. And there's never enough time, you know, we're talking about time, never enough time to ch check off all the boxes or what we perceive as the necessary boxes. Um, there are three aspects in this um, in this kind of process that that I have um, that I have uh, identified. There's the state of college admissions. We'll look at that briefly. There's high school culture, and um, there's peer and parental pressure. Now, there's also more underlying kind of economic issues. If you want to read that Atlantic article, it's very interesting on that. But, you know, we can't address everything today, so I'm going to focus on these things. Um, so look at this. Santos, uh, Dr. Santos is the professor who taught the Yale course that we were talking about. This is from an article, and apparently she told the New York Times that she suspects her course is so popular because Yale students had to deprioritize their happiness to gain admission to the school. And a Yale student put it more bluntly, claiming that enrollment in classes like these is a cry for help. Now, there's nothing wrong in taking a class on happiness. It's great. But we want to start looking at this before they get to college. You know, we don't have to wait for them to sign up for one of these courses. Um, now, um, the stress that we're dealing with, uh, apart from the three elements that I talked to you about, the college admission um, and the other pressures, these, this is the, um, this is the 
evidence that shows, and you know, I don't have to go into the gory details. We're all aware of these statistics. I have, however, included in my handouts um, some research on this, so you can go deeper. But we know that teens are struggling in many, many different ways, and we want to help them. Um, now, the state of college admissions um, is opaque. That maybe is the best, or the, the, the that's a euphemism, right? Very much. Um, it, it, there is no clarity, right? So, for example, um, the National Association of College uh, Counselors, NACAC, um, based, has a yearly survey um, that shows the, what the admission staff says are the most important criteria for admission. But we don't have, we don't know exactly how that plays out. And it's different for each college, right? They put emphasis on different things. Um, I don't know whether you saw there was, um, uh, with the Harvard uh, um, uh, case that's going before the courts now, um, uh, the, the Harvard admission manual was published in the New York Times. Go check it out. It's very interesting. Very enlightening. But normally, we don't have access to that, right? We don't know how the different um, uh, elements are weighed. Um, also, strategic enrollment management. This is a big thing in college, colleges now. Uh, really, they're being run. They are companies. And um, they have um, goals to hit. And they have different ways of trying to predict, especially the, the yield how many of the admitted students are actually going to come to our school? And in, in that process, um, it's, it becomes, um, unfortunately, it's not clear exactly how they make those decisions. Again, there's a, an opacity to the, to the process. Um, so the state of college admissions, we know. The, the, um, from a high school counselor uh, in, in Virginia, uh, this quote, merit is necessary but not sufficient for admission. Colleges use the admission process to achieve institutional goals that are rarely publicly articulated and change from year to year. That's the strategic enrollment management issue. The stellar student who has done everything right that everyone in the community considers a sure thing for the Ivies actually may have a 1% chance of admission. Okay. So now I'm not saying this to you. Um, I'm saying this to you because we need to look at the things the way they are before exploring what we can do about them. This is not about, you know, doom and gloom. It's just about looking at things as they are. Um, high school culture. So apart from college, the state of college admissions, we have high school culture. Now, high schools find themselves in a bind because um, they are... They, you know, challenging curriculum is one of the criteria for college admissions, right? Like, how challenged has this student been? How, you know, how many challenging courses or what opportunities has the student taken advantage of? Now, how high schools have responded to that is through strategies like AP quantity and homework overload. More is better, right? Now, this is a bind that the high schools find themselves in. It's not, one can't blame high schools. You know, this is, we're talking about an entire system that's, that's happening here. Um, all the boxes have to be ticked just in case. And what's the price? What's the price for that, right? Um, 
think about high school counselor to student ratio in some schools is 300 or 500 to 1. It's very tough for everyone. It's tough for the teachers, it's tough for the counselors, and it's tough for the students, right? Puts a lot of pressure. Now, um, when we look at peer and parental pressure, this is, this is the aspect that I'm kind of going to address more today, right? Because uh, these are things that we can, we have some control over. So, you were talking about expectations. Managing expectations. This is very, very important to have clear and open conversations um, with, with the students. Um, the other aspect of parental pressure is sometimes believing that unless students attend a small number of schools, the top 20, the top 30, whatever, their lives are, uh, you know, done for. The reality is that, you know, if you look at the research on this, um, that just is not true. If you look at the research, which again will be in your handouts, uh, the the outcomes for student are the positive outcomes in terms of uh, career success and a personal sense of satisfaction comes much more from how they have um, developed in college, what um, uh, opportunities they've used, um, if they've had a good faculty mentor how they've engaged with the community. There are many aspects to this that um, predict future success much more accurately than the name of the school. Um, the other thing that, that, there, that there are myths about is what will make for a stable and safe career choice. Now, when we look at 21st century uh, the, the, the prognosis, the, you know, what could be in the future. We look at the McKinsey report from 2017. The, um, the job skills that are going to be uh, the most in demand and therefore have, lead to the greatest job openings are going to be things like creativity, communication, um, critical thinking, managerial skills, basically the things that we can, so far, we don't think computers are going to replace. So when we look at the careers that are open to kids, uh, instead of thinking of, um, you know, my, my son or daughter has to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or again, their future is done for, looking at that McKinsey report, what kinds of job openings are there going to be in the different fields? And, um, you know, there, there, there is some indication that students who have majored in the humanities, um, who are creative, um, you know, may even have a, an edge. So we need to rethink the way we guide our kids. Um, the solutions, what are the solutions uh, to, to these issues? It, they, they are research-led, looking at what the best predictors of success are in, in the uh, studies that have been done. So if we look at three different um, approaches, Stanford has uh, developed the challenge success, which Westlake um, has been putting into practice. Very powerful set of tools and, and um, outlook, which I'll briefly look at, but um, this is something that you can find out about um, from Christie and from, from the school. There are a good number of schools in the country that are using this to, um, to their advantage. 
uh, to the student's advantage. Uh, then Harvard's turning the tide. Uh, this, again, will be in, you'll have the full report in your handouts, uh, how to transform that process and move it more toward um, a process that is um, the most beneficial long-term for the kids. And then what we're going to be talking about today, purpose and talent. How to look at those in a different way. So um, just briefly, the challenge success used by Westlake, um, their, their mission uh, is, to, is uh, to partner with schools, families, and communities to embrace a broad definition of success and implement research-based strategies that promote student well-being. Um, now, the, the, it, it encourages the teachers to value and the schools to value um, and foster interpersonal and collaborative skills, uh, adaptability and resilience, and the critical thinking and creativity needed to solve complex problems. Now, interestingly, those are the same skills that will be useful for jobs in the 21st century as we progress forward. Um, Harvard's Turning the Tide. This is, again, these, these, these initiatives were created by um, groups of uh, educators, um, curriculum specialists, and psychologists to try to really make a dent in, uh, oh, and, um, and, the, and the colleges as well. So they have um, seen the college admissions plays a powerful role in shaping uh, student attitudes and behaviors, right? So they are actually actively working with colleges, and I'll explain how, to try to change things. Um, they are trying to develop greater concern for others, the common good among high school students, as opposed to checking the boxes that supposedly lead to the only kind of uh, success that we, you know, that we are familiar with sometimes. <laughs> Um, and then um, increase equity and access for economically disadvantaged students and reduce excessive achievement pressure. So interestingly, 147 college admissions offices signed this letter of um, commitment to start making changes. And these ones include the ones I've listed, right? But they're, they're a very long list. Um, I believe I've also included that. In, in your handouts. Um, so again, just like with the high schools, though, the colleges find themselves in a bind. This is kind of a system that has, has, a, has taken on a life of its own. It's going to take time. So we, as parents and counselors, really were the ones that have you know, immediate access to the kids. And I think this is the point. This is the, um, we are the, 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 the direction that is going to be the most effective or where we can have the most impact while we wait for the system to change. Thank God it's um, you know, changing. It's changing. So um, the um, social and emotional re learning results overview, um, Challenge Success has contacted, you know, has been in touch with 450 schools around the country, um, turning the tide with 189 schools. Now, of course, that's a beginning, but we're far from uh, you know, we're far from where we need to be. So what can we do as parents? Um, now, purpose, um, look at the research on purpose. 
Life purpose has a slew of uh, positive uh, benefits, of, of positive side effects, of benefits. Um, everything from protecting from physical and mental uh, illness to giving people a sense of satisfaction and um, in their in their work. Now, um, there are there are uh, some great books mm -hmm. about uh, the the science of purpose, and um, I will I will share those with you. Um, now, somebody mentioned time. How do we balance the time for having them uh, explore and be free, and then also check those boxes, some of which actually need to be checked in order for the college admissions process to happen. Um, we're going to have to, as parents, help them reclaim time for reflection. Uh, and so reflection on what is most important, what is most important to them, what their values are, uh, and also the path of talent. So um, how we can use the skills and the gifts that we have, uh, not only to be admitted to college, but to make a difference in the world. And by focusing on that, we open up a whole uh, dimension of enrichment, of excitement, of um, really uh, connection to who the kids are and what is going to make them thrive and help them to become the people that they can be. Um, so now the time to reflect, um, encourage self-reflection and self-knowledge, common sense, share this info with them, engage in discussion. So have to have a meaningful conversation, you know, what is it that you care about, right? Um, help make conscious choices that will one day be reflected in their college essay. So we know we, we think, oh, strategy for college applications and then this process of self-exploration, it's two radically different things and we can't bring them together. That's not true. Because if the students are, I mean, I, I work with students on their essays, um, you know, I've been doing this for years. I see if they, if they allow, allow themselves to really reflect on what they want and who they are, the result in terms of um, successful college essays is pretty amazing. So it just happens organically. Um, so it is a win-win, both from the self-development point of view, well-being, and from the um, college admissions results point of view. So the things, ask your kids. What are the things they care about most deeply beyond their immediate desires? Help them in this process. It's not like it's going to be like one conversation, but you can get this kind of started in a, in a soft, peddled kind of way that is not kind of um, about college admissions, but really about who they are. Because the interesting thing is that once they're engaged in that process, then the rest, what we want for them, you know, um, a stable, successful career, and a college that fits them will come naturally out of that. Um, also, the people they admire and who, who they would like to resemble. Have them think about this or talk about this or, you know, watch TED Talks or do whatever you do as a family to explore some of these things. Um, you know, legacy, of course, you know, a 16-year-old is not walking around thinking, you know, what legacy am I going to leave? Obviously. But we can 
um, we can start them thinking that who they are and what they have to do in the world really matters, that they can have an impact. That is legacy in the end, right? So um, the reason I, I put the word legacy is actually one of the college essays this year is about what legacy do you, you know, do you feel that you've left behind as a high school student? But, you know, they're trying, the colleges in some of these essays, they're trying to help with this process. If we can connect with that rather than, you know, oh my gosh, one more essay, it can be a very enriching thing. Um, of possible life purposes, which are the most inspiring to them? Sometimes it's looking at biographies or documentaries. Sometimes it's just um, exploring, again, with family. Uh, what is out there? What are the possibilities? And then um, explore what are the steps they will need to take to fulfill that purpose. This is where time management, some of the things that, that you brought up earlier, come into play. Because if the students really are connected to that you know, vision of what they want to do, even if the vision is, I love 10 different things, I'm a Renaissance person, and um, I want to explore in college, that's a plan, right? That's a plan. I'm not saying that they have to identify their life purpose, which will be unchanging, you know, from now until they're 60. That's not the point. The point is to start engaging them in that process of reflection, even if that purpose ends up changing, even if the plan changes. But then they will buy in much more easily to the steps that need to be taken to realize that purpose. It's with that in intrinsic sense of excitement. Um, so. In the answers to these lie the beginning of life's adventure and as a side benefit compelling college essay. But again, as a side benefit. Um, so the other th part, apart from life purpose and um, the, uh, the enriching and um, guiding way that a connection to life purpose can, can uh, the effect that that can have in this planning, college planning process. There's also what I call talent development, which we hear about in um, HR, but I've kind of, um, I, I see that as, um, as another key to bridge this, these gaps that we're talking about. Um, so how do we combine achievement and well-being? How do we um, keep the costs down for our co the college education, right? Talent development is a key in this. So what we want is to transform the confusion and the stress of the college application process into a journey of self-discovery and a process that is going to be inspiring. Um, and by combining, identifying, obviously, passions, then developing the skills that surround those passions, and identifying those values. You know, we talked about self-reflection. What is important to you? By combining those three things, we can develop their talents. And this doesn't mean the talent that we talk about in a talent show, right? This is, um, this is all kinds of talents. Some students are very strong with people, and other, pe uh, other students, um, you know, are, um, are artistically oriented, and others are, uh, you know, amazingly focused on research, you know, it's whatever they, uh, their strengths are. Um, 
so then to develop those and to end up with not only a sense of purpose and a sense of being in harmony with who, who they really are, but also this has a positive impact on college admissions. And I will show that to you through some case studies. Um, so the timeline for these, the three Ds of what I call the three Ds of talent development, discovering, developing, and demonstrating talent. Um, you, you know, when you think about how to plan for that, if you reverse, kind of reverse engineer from the summer, um, from August before senior year, you just kind of go backwards in time. Um, by that time, you know, you don't want to be struggling to add things. This should, if it's possible, it's the end of a process that's happened all the way through. Um, but having said that, you start where you are, right? There's no too late. It's always what can, what is the best possible thing that, you know, what is the best possible contribution I can make in, in my teen's life at this point? So how do we get there? Um, starting early is good. Starting where you are is also good. Uh, the three Ds of talent development timeline for college applications. So discovering is a lifelong process. Discovering your talents, discovering your gifts. And yet, um, early can be good. If, you, if you, we can start to explore those things, help our kids explore early, that is great. Developing through 11th grade, all the way through the end of 11th grade, developing those skills. And we'll look more at what that, that is about. And then demonstrating. That is the college application process then becomes the showcase for, you know, what has been learned and what and the journey that the students have been on. Um, so discover, start where you are. Uh, explode the preconceptions. This is where I think really looking at the research on the future of careers and job skills is super important for parents so that you allow that range to happen. It's so, so very important to know, you know, before you discount this career or that career or this major or that major, look at the facts. Look at the, I mean, obviously, the McKinsey report, you know, it's not a, it's not, um, uh, it's not a black and white prediction. These are, these are, uh, these are trends, but at least, you know, we can, we can have a different outlook on the whole process. Um, there are many local resources, um, you know, even free um, programs over the summer, uh, mentors. There are many different ways to get this going. Um, also, shadowing is a great way to uh, explore um, possible careers, possible majors, and interests and gifts, right? And then family vacations can be educational. You know, it doesn't have to be, can be a mixture. You can, you can have part of that vacation be about exploring something together um, or giving the student an opportunity to explore. Um, and for everyone, uh, nonprofits are a great place to, uh, uh, to start to see how our gifts and our talents and our strengths can be used for the service of society as a whole. There's a, a, a great sense of satisfaction that comes from that. So um, then the developed part through junior year. So um, now, one talent blend maybe has emerged, right, um, after eighth or ninth grade. Maybe. 
But that's not the case with the Renaissance young men and women who are uh, very passionate and interested in a variety of things. For them, it's much more about making those connections. So we shouldn't force somebody who's a generalist and who loves that into one direction. Um, the joy of mastery. So if we shift the focus from achievement to the intrinsic joy, this is something that comes from psychology, the intrinsic joy of mastering a skill, um, then some of those steps uh, are, um, are not so hard. You know, when you think of somebody practicing an instrument and the slog that it can be, we, you know, we've all had areas in our lives where to obtain a certain level of skill we have to put in time that may not be the most exciting. But again, if we can help our kids connect to that sense of joy, asking them, you know, when they accomplish something, how do you feel about this? You know, having them really feel, what does it feel like to be, have that excitement about something that you've accomplished? And then that can feed into the process. Um, to, to develop those talents and those skills, periodically attend um, national programs and integrate high, high standards. Now, um, it, it, that, again, will depend on the student. You know, you, 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 to listen to that, to that uh, teen and see where they are in the process. Um, choosing inspiring teachers and mentors for their talents um, can be a, a huge, uh, a huge uh, gift to them because, again, the inspiration will carry them through the difficulty of accomplishment. Um, combining talent with community service is a powerful combination. So whether your, uh, you know, your student is, you know, an artist or a researcher or you know, a generalist or whatever they are, there are ways of identifying nonprofits where they can actually contribute some of those strengths um, for the benefit of, of, um, of, uh, of others. And again, when all of these things are being developed, what ends up on the other side is the college admission results. So we'll talk about that more in a second. Um, sanity and strategy. Right? We want to, we don't want to overschedule them. So I know this is something we all are struggling with to some extent, but um, these are kind of um, points to keep in mind as we're making the choices or helping our kids make the choices. And then demonstrating, right? Um, those of you who have seniors are in this process right now. Um, there may be results of competitions to share with colleges that have been done. Begin thinking about which techniques or genres best showcase the talent of that student. And this can be um, both um, students with artistic talents and other kinds of talents. Um, exploration and purpose mindset. Help them to keep refocusing. Why am I doing this? How does it fit into what I value? What, you know, even, again, we don't have to expect them to have a kind of life purpose at 16, but it's more just having them think in terms of what they care about because that makes all the difference also in terms of their, um, uh, of their kind of buying into the process and, and excitement about the process. Um, there are elegant ways of documenting and presenting talents fostering self-reflection. One of them is called Circled In. If you don't know it, 
check it out. It is um, an online kind of almost like a scrapbook portfolio thing where um, uh, website uh, where students can keep a record of the things that they've done and the things that they love and they can keep they have little descriptions of what those are. Um, okay, so then I'm going to give you some examples of kids that I've worked with and different. Um, totally different kids, right? Really very different kids. This one here, psychology major, um, he was offered uh, 12 scholarships ranging from 20k to 100k. Uh, we negotiated a scholarship offer with his first choice college and his GPA was a 3.2 and ACT was a 29. Um, the application focus and this is where this is what ties into what we've been talking about before, which is that as a natural and organic result of exploring who the kids are, then it yields these this interesting application focus because it's all tied in with what they really care about, and it's their story, right? It's how I, you know, how I explored my interests and you know what what matters to me, right? So. Um, for example, for in his case, um, he happened to have a singing talent, um, a tenor, and he did a music video of an Ed Sheeran song and submitted it uh, along with the application and mentioned that he was a tenor because tenor, tenors are in demand. Um, you know, as, so this was a strategic thing, but it was also something that he really loved. Um, then the, um, his essays focused on the link between singing, community service, and how he wanted to continue doing that. Not only what he'd done, he led worship services and things like that, but what he wanted to continue doing in college around that as extracurricular activity. And then his stated choice of intended major psychology was based on his level of investment in two extracurriculars, the singing and peer counseling. He was involved in peer counseling and he really found it very rewarding. And so everything kind of held together um, uh, as a result of this exploration. Um, Tom, majoring in architecture at Rice. Uh, he, applied, he applied early decision to Rice um, and got in, but he'd also applied early action to Tulane and was offered a $100,000 uh, uh, scholarship. Um, his talent development story was from engineering to architecture. And uh, he came in working with me as a sophomore and said to me, you know, oh, I think I'll be an engineer. I said, you know, I could see in his face he wasn't thrilled. Um, I said, why? And he said, oh, because I'm good at math. Um, and then he, you know, after that he said to me, well, you know, I also make art. And then when I saw his artwork, I realized, you know, he really had a singular talent and a way of seeing things. I um, helped him get um, connected to a local art mentor and developed some uh, art pieces. He um, spent the summer at the Rhode Island School of Design and created more. And after the summer, he said to me, I totally, you know, in a totally different frame of mind and face and everything, I want to be an architect. Uh, and, and he saw, this is how I can combine my love of, and my skill with math and art, right? 
So um, he, uh, he, was, he had a GPA of 4, ACT 34, et cetera, et cetera. So he had high test scores and all that. Um, now, the essays that he wrote, they focused on his adventure and his journey as an artist, on the problem-solving skills needed to create an intricate uh, lamp that he made, right? So, um, and, and art and, and connected art and math, his two interests. So it was an organic result, and they were very, they were like, uh, like Josh's, they were very uh, powerful essays. And he also focused on his relationship to co a, a community building. So there was some sense of how that would, arch his architecture, love of architecture was also linked to his understanding of its role in the community. Um, so Maria is uh, Emerson College in Boston. Uh, by the way, Josh St. Olaf College is in Minnesota. It's very well known for singing. Some of you may know it, um, and, and music. Um, this one is in Boston, um, and she, her strength was slam poetry. So um, she was offered 12 scholarships, 12K to 140K. Um, we successfully negotiated a scholarship offer with her first choice so that she could, it could be matched with the, the other one. Um, her GPA was 3.3, her SAT was 1140, and she applied only to test optional schools. This is um, an important new development in the U.S., relatively new, not that 100% new, but more and more schools are signing on. This is a, a very interesting opportunity for students who are not great test takers, right? Um, her application focus was um, she demonstrated her writing and slam poetry talent through uh, her edited portfolio and her performance videos. We took time to identify how could she showcase in the most compelling way the things that she loved and that she was good at. That's how it fits in to what we've been talking about before. Her essays focused on the love of language and creative writing and poetry and art as a vehicle for social change. She'd been involved in a lot of um, art-related um, uh, community leadership kind of things. So that's how she integrated everything. And um, her resume focused on art and writing for social justice because, again, she'd been very involved in that. She found a way to um, offer her talent in the service of others. Um, Okay, so now of transforming the tr uh, stress and confusion of the college application process through talent development, through a focus on self-reflection and engaging in these life purpose oriented uh, explorations and conversations, how to transform all of this into a more inspired, exciting, enriching process. Um, so here are some do's and don'ts for you as you're going about this process. Um, so how do we reconcile students' authentic purpose with college strategic enrollment management? Now, the strategic enrollment management is the thing where they are trying to predict who is going to be admitted, uh, who uh, among the students who are admitted are going to attend, how, what, how many of the students. And this is, this is where, if you understand that this is what they're doing, then you help students to engage with the colleges in a very proactive way. 
Uh, but they don't have to, again, they don't have to do this by fitting themselves into this box that is not them. It needs to coincide with, you know, if they're connecting with the admissions office, they're connecting about a, um, about a major or um, some aspect of the program that is being offered that really corresponds to what they want and who they are. Um, visits are virtual visits. Calls, emails are, are, are specific programs. Follow colleges on social media and engage with their communities. This is how you can combine both those things. Um, resume, portfolio, and Circled In, or Zimi, which is another platform like Circled In. Um, interview, emails, and essays. These are, um, these are areas that, that definitely can be the result of an exploration like we've discussed today. And then the overall strategy in line with the authentic self of the student, like we talked about for the students that um, Josh and Maria and uh, Tom. Um, also this, uh, help you the students go deeper, not wider. It's not more is better, it's you know what kinds of activities uh, are the most meaningful to you. Um, find mentors, not just instructors, people that can inspire. That inspiration uh, is a very powerful tool for um, helping students engage with this process and with their future. Um, help them strive for mastery and focus on process, not results. The joy of mastery, which was what I was talking about before. Um, extend to the community your talent in the service of others. In the research on purpose, um, there is this uh, very clear, um, very clear results about how uh, connecting with purpose and meaning uh, is beneficial, not only to physical but also mental health. Um, create a crafted, a carefully crafted online presence through LinkedIn, personal website, Twitter, etc. Um, remember, nothing is temporary in social media. Separate the public and private. Dedicated separate email, etc. These are these are um, strategies. Um, they don't have to be something you do uh, that the student does kind of as as separate from who they really are and what they what they really care about. It can just be a natural extension of that, and and it is up to us to frame it in that way. Um, but colleges do um, do look you know, do look at, at the social media presence. Um, follow the colleges you're interested in uh, and engage with professors in your field of interest and staff in a thoughtful, authentic way. That can be something else. But again, if we present this as um, a way for them to find out more about where do I want to spend four years of college, right? Um, and, and by the way, it doesn't all have to be done. You know what I mean? These, I'm offering you kind of the fruits of my experience and what, what is very helpful. But, you know, you can um, decide and you can help your student and have a conversation to decide which ones of these. Because, again, we don't want to overload. Um, develop your narrative. Tie all your extracurricular and career goals together like I illustrated with the three students. Um, and rely on informed guidance as soon as possible. Now, um, these are also kind of 
summaries of, of, of different aspects we've talked about today. Protect your, their childhood and help them move forward with a sense of adventure and exploration. Open their horizons. It, it is all about discovery and exploration, no matter what stage they're in. Um, early guidance is key. What needs to happen today to enjoy the fruits tomorrow? Think about what you can do today to see results you know, in a year or two years or five years. Um, and then evaluate the counselors. And remember that um, nearly 500 to 1 uh, national average uh, for the number of students per counselor. And um, often they, um, you know, they're, they're very, very effective. And also they may not get to know your, your uh, child as, as deeply as would be helpful. Um, one in five schools in the U.S. don't even have a counselor. And then independent counselors, if you decide you want to work with an independent counselor, um, make sure that they're vetted by uh, a uh, professional association. IECA um, is one, HECA is another, um, there are a few. So that, that should be because they do check credentials and, um, and integrity, especially in this climate. Uh, after the college admission scandal. You know, you really want to work with somebody of high integrity. And um, these two books, Life on Purpose and Excellent Sheep, fantastic books, and then um, some interesting articles. So that is it for me, and I am so glad that I was able to uh, meet with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. If you're interested in the archived video recording of this session and any corresponding handouts or resources, please visit the WHS Healthy Shaps website at healthyshaps.weebly.com.